Everybody to WTL Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Ann D. Classen, joined by Gibran. Oh, the Parlay Pounder. You got it. We're back. We're back. Yes, we are. And we're getting into the uh, thick of it now in the NFL. We're one weekend, so we already know everything. So we're good yeah. to go. Everything's zipped up. We can. We're winning every bet here from in uh, from from on the season. So yeah, we got it now. We'll definitely get into our hits and misses. That's kind of uh, one of our fans' uh, listeners' favorite segments there uh, when we yeah. do that. But for as wild as Week One in the NFL was, we didn't do too bad after I looked back at some of our numbers. It uh, there were some sweats, but we got there. We came out on the plus side. No doubt about it. Yeah. And uh, one, one of my misses, I'm going to throw it out there right now, maybe for both of us, is the first team we're going to talk about here, Andy. And it is the Minnesota Vikings uh, going to the Philadelphia Eagles for Thursday night football. Yeah, let's start right there. Thursday night on Amazon. So don't forget that. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff, I believe. Um, Vikings are a full touchdown underdog to the home team, the Philadelphia Eagles. That over-under is sitting steady at 48 and a half. And this is one of those games where the books got it just right. Half the money's coming in on the Vikings, half's coming in on the Eagles. Same can be said for the over-under. Yeah, for sure, Andy. And, I mean, following that upset loss uh, for the Vikings against the Buccaneers at home uh, in week one, there's, you know, there's no surprise that Philly's a full touchdown favorite here. But to me, Andy, it's that, it, they still showed the signs that they are still a very good team. Uh, they still probably have the best offensive player in the game with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I really, I really like jumping on the Vikings right now at the touchdown because I think it's going to come down to a field goal game either way you look at it. Uh, but what I really like, Andy, is that over-under sitting at 49 points. These two teams can fill it up, Andy. And uh, it, it, it's shown that both of these teams don't have quite the pass defense they have in the in the, in the past years. So I really like the over to go over 48 and a half to 49, wherever you can find it at. Yeah, that over-under is definitely worth a, a look or a second look. And with the Vikings, they still almost won last week, and they yeah. had three turnovers. Kurt Cousins and Jeffries, they had a really good thing going. And I was kind of shocked, but not too shocked when you look twice. ESPN's little ticker on the end showing all the highlights saying, oh, the passing game fizzled in the second half. It's like he had nine receptions for 150 yards. Like, what yeah. more can you ask for? But Cousins did have the three turnovers, a couple of fumbles, and that just overshadows everything. With those three turnovers, they still almost beat Tampa Bay. So, it's yeah. It's not like that's something you can't clean up for the Vikings. Exactly, Andy. And I can't sit here and say that the the Phil, uh, Philadelphia Eagles played, you know, a, a zero mistakes game either. Uh, the Eagles allowed 306 passing yards uh, to the New England Patriots, who is a, a team that's not known for, you know, their receivers or Mac Jones airing it out. So I can only imagine what these receivers and Kirk Cousins is going to come do to this secondary against the Eagles. So give me those points. For the Vikings and give me that over for sure. 
I like that. Another little tidbit, the Phillies offense only generated 251 net yards. That's their lowest production uh, since the start of the Jalen Hurts era. So yeah. another little thing to keep in mind there when you're placing a wager on the Philadelphia versus the Minnesota Vikings uh, game come Thursday night. So get ready yeah. for that one. Should we move on to Sunday? Let's do it. Sunday, Sunday, noon kickoff on CBS. The Kansas City Chiefs, the struggling Kansas City Chiefs, are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are a three-point home dog over under sitting there at 51. Yeah, Andy, and uh, this uh, you can say this is another one that I got wrong last week with uh, with taking the Chiefs over the Lions. I mean, we were all just hoping that Travis Kelsey would go into that game. He was yeah. a true game-time decision. Also, everybody's hoping that Chris Jones was going to play because that's a huge uh, defensive focal point for the Kansas City Chiefs. It yep. looks like he did sign that contract. He'll be out there, and it looks like Kelsey is on track to play this week. That is why the line is what it is with the, uh, Jacksonville being a home dog. I wouldn't go as far as the commentators that said, put an asterisk by that win for Detroit. You can't no. do that. This is the NFL, uh, but yeah. I get it. You know, Kansas City, uh, talking about that over-under, they have gone under four of the last five games. Uh, and that's just because, like you like to say, it gets hiked up so much so when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, and, and all yeah. these offensive weapons. What are you feeling on that 51? Yeah, with that 51, Andy, I really think that uh, the Chiefs are going to try and, you know, just get something rolling here, something, you know, not too fast, not too slow or anything, just a steady pace to get their season kind of going here. Uh, the Jaguars, I mean, they really turned it on the fourth quarter last week, but overcame some really early difficulties. And, uh, you know, they just went three for 12 on third downs and had a couple of turnovers as well, Andy. So I don't really like this this uh being inflated to 51 already so yeah. i if anything i would go with the under on this but i i think i might just uh sidestep the over under on this just because i don't exactly know how kansas city's going to get right and uh if they're going to try and explode on this uh on this jacksonville team fair enough another little tidbit there jacksonville against the chiefs five of the last six games have smacked that under so yeah just one more so, thing that, i mean i think when you get a couple of offenses going like that they kind of feel each yeah. other out and they try and hold on to that play until late in the third or into the fourth quarter you you definitely see that with andy reed and the chiefs yeah andy uh you definitely do see that and with this this three-point line andy i would really like to find it at two and a half if i can still do that anywhere or even buy a point half point down for a little less uh better odds or whatever because i really think that this is you know, kind of a playoff matchup. We saw it in the playoffs last year with uh, Mahomes getting hurt and then, you know, having that heroic comeback against these guys. So I really think these are two good teams uh, that are going to figure it out. But I do think the Chiefs cover here. If not, I like the, the Chiefs money line in a parlay. So uh, no matter what, I want the, I have the Chiefs to win, get back on track this week. Yeah, the money line with the Chiefs is probably the way to go because they're not going to lose too many games in a row. And this would be two in a row if they're to lose uh, on the road in Jacksonville. And that's not how the Chiefs are looking to start their season coming off the Super Bowl. Exactly. And that money line sitting right there at minus 160, which is a very good parlay piece for anybody that's uh, looking to build a three or four teamer uh, for Sunday. All righty, let's move on to the 330 kickoff. It's going to have a lot of eyeballs in our listening area. Glue yeah. 
That is the Commanders, Washington Commanders, traveling out to Denver to take on the Broncos. What do we got here? It looks like the Broncos are once again favorites. A three-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're at home. Uh, I, I'm not sure the Commanders are going to be able to, you know, quite, uh, you know, I don't know if they've been in an environment like this, especially Sam Howell being a rookie. Uh, that that place will be rocking. Uh, Broncos are kind of mad at this game that they just came off of. Russell didn't quite get off to the start that he would <laughs> like to with Sean Payton. Uh, no matter what, I think the Broncos will win this game, but I don't know if they cover. Yeah, three and a half might be a little bit of stretch. And the Commanders give them their due. It was ugly. It was against a yeah. bad team last week, but they won a game in the NFL to open their season. Uh, I don't care who's it again, the Arizona. I, I hate it when we detract or we uh, we treat a team or we belittle a team for winning a game yeah. and you say, oh, it's the competition. No, this is the NFL. They're all paid professionals. Yeah, and no doubt. E even if this guy is a rookie, Sam Howell, it, uh, he he's going to get better with every game that he plays, and that's just the way it is. But he has to protect the ball here, Andy. And when it comes down to it, like I said, the commanders have to handle the atmosphere here. If they can keep the Broncos, you know, fan base quiet and put some early points on the board, they might have a ch chance at this upset if uh, if the Broncos offense stalls like it did last week. So uh, I'm not saying that I like the commanders, but if it's at three and a half, that's probably the way I'm leaning. All right. Uh Jerry Judy did not play last week. I feel that really yeah. hurt uh, Russell Wilson's efforts, not having his For number sure. one receiver with the hamstring injury. Have to keep an eye on that. Uh, and then with Cortland Sut uh, Sutton um, being the top target, you you're really not looking at a whole lot there as far as a helping factor, receiving factor in the passing game. So I, I kind of felt a little bad for Russell Wilson last week. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, uh, that's what you get when you pay all that money to a quarterback and don't really have any options on the receiving end. When when he signed this contract, it looked like, like you said, Tim Patrick, uh, Jerry Judy, and Sutton would be that, you know, third guy or whatever. But when the receiver room's cleared out and expecting Russell to make all these plays by himself, it's really tough, especially uh, when he doesn't have that, you know, safety valve there. So, uh, yeah, this is, I think it's going to be a really close game, and the commanders are really going to surprise some people with their grit this season. And the NFC East, uh, you know, don't knock it. The the uh, the commanders are always there at the end, at least yeah. uh, one or two games out. So uh, I do like the commanders if it stays at three and a half. Uh, if it gets any lower than that or, you know, it you know gets to four or five, I really like the commanders. Yeah, the majority of the money, about 7% of the money is coming in on Washington right now as far as that point spread. So they're in agreement with you, are the yeah. masses. Uh, that over-under is sitting at 38, a total of 38, and over half the money is coming in on that under. Do you have a lean on this one? I mean, that's not a lot of points, Andy, in the NFL, but, but, uh, like we've just been saying, the Broncos offense stalls, having really hard time putting points on the board. And then when you have a rookie quarterback with the commanders, it's, uh, it's really tough to score points. Yeah. Uh, so I, I might have to sidestep this, but if I had to lean one way, it would be that under. And I know that sounds crazy with that 38 points. No, uh, you, you'd be in the majority, about 60% of the money is what I'm looking at. Going that, on that that's goal. a tough one there. That's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. My one sidestep it. All right, let's yep. take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. 
Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by Jabron. Oh, the Parley Pounder. You got it. You got it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we just did a segment on NFL. So let's shift gears, get back into the college ranks where we did have a little success last week what are we looking at week three already for college football it's like it just started and you could say we, we already got a pretty good sample size to go off of yeah for sure andy yeah uh getting that second game under your belt really shows you what teams are made of uh you know on the trajectory the season's going to go in uh it's hard judging that by one game but once you get two down you can really uh figure out what a team's demeanor is and uh how, how the rest of the season is going to go yeah you know what you're questioning if is that a uh, budding trend in week one yeah. uh, a little more clarity to it in, in week two yeah so let's start sure. down in sec country for an 11 o'clock kickoff on espn the mothership lsu's taking on mississippi state the bulldogs are a nine and a half point underdog yeah andy and uh you know lsu i think really responded to that season opening loss to florida state that I was kind of high on them for, uh, you know, close game until the Seminoles, you know, kind of exploded in the second half and, you know, really took control of that game. But uh, they had Grambling State this week, you know, kind of their cupcake game that they probably should have had, you know, the first week of the season, put 72 points on them, Andy. I don't care who you're playing. If you can put 72 points in on somebody uh, in any game of football, uh, the offense is pretty prolific. So um, I get why this this line is the way it is. I, I do think they're kind of a, a a class above Mississippi State right now. And, and, and you know, most people are going to, you know, joke with me and say, hey, uh, Mississippi State's 2-0. and What are you talking about? Well, Mississippi State didn't have to play Florida State week one. So uh, if I had to lean away here, Andy, I am taking this spread. And I think they, they oh. beat them by – not only 10, but probably 17 points. Well, uh, LSU, they're 17 and three straight up against Mississippi State. Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, this line is inching up towards 10 points. Majority of the money is coming in on LSU, even with that uh, nine and a half point um, uh, favorite there. Uh, the over under, the total is sitting at 54 points. Vast majority of the money, sharps, squares, everybody is betting that under. Oh, the under, huh? Yeah. That is not what I'm about. Uh, I think LSU is going to pour it on these guys. I think LSU puts up another – they're going to put up at least 40 points in this game. LSU is back on it. Uh, Like I said, offense got going in. The Mississippi State, as you know, I'm not saying that they can't score, but I think they, I think they will score a good 14 to 20 points in this game. So I really like the over in this. Uh, it's sad to hear that everybody's against me on that, but if you find it, you know, 53, 54, uh, I'd bet this all the way up to 55 points, Andy. I'm going to give you some fuel here, Jabron. LSU yeah. smacked the over six of their last six games sec opponents cupcakes a acc florida state that over uh has been getting lit up 
uh, with the LSU Tigers. So it is kind of surprising that a lot of betters are shying away for it, uh, at least early on here. Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And I, I just don't get what people are looking at. Uh, you know, LSU, like I said, scored 72 points uh, last week. Had a really, you know, tough game against Florida State in week one. But even uh, Mississippi State, like, they scored 48 points the opening week. They held off Arizona in a seven-point overtime decision last week. So I just think there's going to be a lot of points in this. And I, and I really think LSU is going to uh, really, really put it on them. So I like the spread, and I like the over, Andy. Maybe people are looking at Mississippi State and the, the under-hitting for their last five games. Uh, but when you got two great offenses, and the, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't your grandfather's SEC. No. These teams have offenses. It's not just all defense anymore. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, Andy. And I, I just think that, yeah, that the, that money is coming in on the under with just kind of an outdated uh, way of looking at college football and the SEC altogether. So, yes, I, I am on board with that. All righty. Well, let's take a look at another 11 o'clock kickoff here, and that is the Kansas State Wildcats, the 15th-ranked Wildcats out of yeah. the Big 12, taking on a former Big 12 team rival, uh, the Missouri Tigers. Both teams are 2-0. Something's got to give here. Missouri is a five-point underdog at home. 90, 90% of the money is coming in on Kansas State, covering that five. How do you feel, Gibran? Yeah, Andy, I think that's right on the dot. Uh, this could be a trap game for K-State, you know, following a back-to-back 40-point -back outings for this offense. But uh, I, I think the Missouri Tigers still have too many questions that remain unanswered to take down Kleiman's bunch. So I really like K-State here. Uh, no matter what, I'm throwing this in a parlay with the money line. So that is a that is a big piece for me this weekend for K-State. Uh, and K-State fans are going to flood this stadium. I heard this is going to be one of the only sellouts Missouri's had in like the last 10 years because – those K-State fans will travel if it's close enough, and Missouri's right across. Uh, so it, it's going to be packed. There's going to be purple in those stands. I really think Kansas State gets it done, and this could turn into a 14- to 17-point game as well, Andy. So uh, I do like Missouri to keep it close early, but I just think Kansas State has too much uh, in the second half and really pulls away from them. So I like the five points, but I like the money line even more. Yeah, and Kansas State, they're six and one straight up out of the last seven games. They are four and one out of the last five against the spread against Missouri. And for the reasons you just mentioned there, uh, yeah. cross state rivalry, old rivals in the same conference, going to be a huge crowd. Um, this is Kansas State. This is Missouri. I don't see the Wildcats taking the foot off the gas whatsoever. I would not be surprised uh, to see this point spread. Uh, jet up a little bit so if you get yeah. it earlier I think that's more conducive if you're on K-State yeah no matter what you want to get this before it gets to seven is a trick number there Andy so uh, get it at five get it at six uh, most likely you would like to get it at five if they end up winning by two field goals um, but no I like this all the way up to a touchdown because I really think that the K-State Will Howard's going to step up Saturday and deliver a big time performance for K-State uh, like you said, with all these fans traveling to Missouri, it's going to be a good one for the Wildcats. They got that total set at 48. Do you have a lean on this one? The majority, vast majority of the money is coming in on that over. Yeah, I, I really think it, it will hit, Andy. I got uh, K-State 
uh, 38, Missouri 24 in this one. So it, it's sailing over for me. Yeah, four of the last five uh, Kansas State games have smacked that over, regardless of the opponent. Uh, their offense is clicking. And uh, you know, it was kind of cool last year seeing Adrian Martinez have a really good start. And then yeah. you just mentioned uh, the young buck that kind of took over the reins. Um, yeah. He's looking pretty good, especially early on here. Yeah, no, no doubt Will Howard puts up points in this one. I do think Missouri can score on uh, this. It's still a Big 12 defense, so I, I really do believe that Missouri can score on these guys, but I think Kansas State will score a lot more and a lot more often. So uh, there's three really good bets in this game. You can do the money line. You can do the spread all the way up to five, uh, all the way up to a touchdown. And then the over, I think, is 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 100% lock as well. So three really good bets for this game on Saturday morning. All righty, let's uh, take another look. Or let's just keep on moving here. Another yeah. 2.30 kickoff on ESPN. That's the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Oh, we know all about row the boat as Nebraska fans, don't we? Take it on North Carolina in Chapel Hill, where the Tar Heels are a seven, seven and a half point favorite, and 75% of the betters are still on the Tar Heels. Jabron, how do you feel about this? Yeah, seven and a half, Andy. I don't know about it. Uh, you know, Minnesota kind of showed to me that they can, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, kind of slow things down. And I, I really think that quarterback for them is, is just coming into his own a little bit as a game manager. I don't know if he's quite got the big play potential of other, you know, big 10 quarterbacks, but I really do believe that he can keep it under control for Minnesota to try and keep this thing close. I really do believe North Carolina is going to win this game. I just don't know if it's going to be by more than a touchdown. I'll tell you what, Andy, the best bet of the game, I believe, is that under 50 points, under 49 and a half, wherever you can find it. I really like this game to be kind of a knockout, drag out uh, running style game. So I like the under in this one. If I had to lean away, I have to lean with North Carolina, but I don't like the line at seven and a half. Yeah, I don't like that line either, especially with the hook there on the key number of seven, seven and a half now. Um, you're still looking at a majority of the money coming in on that over on 50. And I think that's because when you start to look at some of the metrics as far as the, the score predictors, they're saying North Carolina is going to put up 30. They're saying Minnesota is going to put up 29. So that gets you right there at 59 or 60. Um, yeah. So people are thinking, smack that over, smack that over. But we've seen it firsthand. Minnesota likes to really clog things up, uh, yep. play ball control. And if that's how they feel, especially on the road, I mean, they're going yeah. all the way out to North Carolina here to take on a, a ranked team in uh, UNC. I would not be surprised if PJ Fleck says, look, we're doing what we always do. We're going to run the heck out of the ball and our defense is really going to lean on the offense of North Carolina. Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And the reason I'm kind of favoring, you know, North Carolina to may probably even cover this spread is because this is, you know, this this could be a blowout. This really could be with the way that UNC is built up under Mac uh, Mac Brown here. But Minnesota has yet to cover, so I haven't seen that yet. And the Tarles are one and one against the spread, but I, I just seven and a half feels like a trap to me, Andy. Yeah. But uh, even if UNC blows out Minnesota, which is a strong possibility, like we said, the score could end up being, you know, 45 to three, because I do not believe Minnesota can score. I believe they can hold on to the balls, churn out some first downs and stuff like that, but I do not believe they can score. So even if it does get out of hand like that, that's go that's going to be a lot of points for UNC to cover up for Minnesota to get to that over. That's why I like that under so much. 
Well, this this uh, point spread started out, it opened out at, at four and a half, and now it's all the way up to seven and a half, and you still got about 75% of the money coming in on North Carolina. No so doubt. There's got to be a cap somewhere, right? Um, yeah. And North Carolina, they have shown some some grit thus far this season. No doubt about that. Yeah, no, realistically, I think this this contest comes down to 31 to 13. North Carolina still sails under that under. Uh, so give me that. That's my best bet of this game is that under. Well, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. I've been enjoying the award-winning Cardinal, the refined pale ale, their number one seller. World-class in every glass. That is the Nebraska Brewing Company. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by... Jabron. Oh, the Parley Pounder. How You're you? right. We're back. Yes. You're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And we got to talk. We got to get back in the NFL. Oh, yeah. We don't have one. We got two Monday night games that we need to cover. But first things first, and that's Sunday night. Let's get into the Sunday night matchup. Should be a fun one here. The Dolphins are heading to New England, Foxborough, to take on the Patriots. And this is kind of odd territory for the Patriots. I know they haven't been what they've been since Tom Brady, but seeing the Patriots as a home dog is still a little shocking. You're just not quite used to it or ready for it. Anyway, I'm not yet. They're a two-point underdog to the Dolphins. It makes sense because the Dolphins were flying high last week. Yeah, Andy. It's crazy to think, too, Tua, as a starter, is 4-0 against Bill Belichick. That is just crazy to me, especially because the the Dolphins didn't beat or weren't even in the realm of beating the Patriots for, like, 25 years. It's just been absolutely crazy with this this Dolphins team, especially when Tua is healthy, how good they are. And, yeah, we're just talking about, you know, just Tua himself. He zapped the Chargers for freaking 466 yards, three three TDs. Uh, Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards receiving. Seems like he's going to be a fantasy winner for everybody. And then don't forget, when you double him, you still got to deal with the Penguin, Jalen Waddle, on the other side. So, this team looks like it's ready for, you know, that run if Tua can stay healthy, Andy. They are 5-0 and against the spread the last five times they've played New England. That's in New England. That's in Miami. It's just shocking the success that Tua and the Dolphins have had the last couple of seasons uh, versus the Patriots, you know, without Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly, Andy. And I don't want to get into this narrative that I don't think the Patriots have a chance in this game. I really do. They kind of played a little slapstick football last week, getting down 16-0 to against Philly, but brought that all the way back and almost won the game, only losing 25-20 to uh, in Philadelphia. So I really do like New England's defense and more or less clamped down on probably the best player in the league, most people would say right now, in Jalen Hurts. Uh, can it, can they do that to his former Alabama teammate? Uh, I don't know. If the Patriots can eliminate most of their mistakes 
I do believe they have a chance to cover and maybe win at home. I really do believe that Miami's going to ride in here, maybe riding a little high on themselves and gives uh, uh, the Patriots a really good chance to win this game. I do like Bill Belichick at home in Foxborough against a division rival. I don't care that two is 4-0 against them. It's going to give some time, and this might be a pretty good trap game for those Dolphins. Yeah, you know, when everyone's zigging, that's when I like to zag. 70% yeah. of the money's coming in on Miami. That means I'm leaning towards New England in a big way. I think the, new, the Patriots are going to win. They're going to cover, put them in a money line, whatever. Uh, what do you think about that uh, 46 and a half total right now? I mean, that's probably exactly where it needs to be, Andy. Um, like we said, like we said, uh, I, for for New England to win this game, I do believe that they're going to have to get to 28 points. So I believe that the over probably does get there. It's Ooh. just, uh, yeah, I I do believe they're going to need 28 points to win this game. If they do win this game, I do believe it, it sails on the over if they lose the game the over will hit for sure so i i do like the over no matter what because uh the dolphins can explode at any moment like we just said yeah. and uh if, if new england has any chance to win this game they have to score some points so i really do like the over in this game andy yeah the, the betting public uh the books have it just right because you got half the money going on the over half the money going on the under uh just exactly what the sports books uh want to see on that yeah and the total has gone over four of the last five New England Patriot games. So there's yeah. a little bit of ammunition for you there. Well, and I, and I do think, like we just said in another segment, that people get into this kind of uh, way of thinking about the New England Patriots. This isn't, you know, smash mouth football as much as they'd like it to be. They like to air it out as well. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun game. I do believe this is probably the best game on the NFL slate, especially for viewing this weekend so i i can't wait to watch the game and they picked a good one for sunday night yeah kickoffs at 720 it's on nbc i think that's probably the best uh crew from top to bottom um yeah. and production I, I just really like those guys over there at nbc yeah should we move on to the monday night game let's do it the first of two first monday night games <laughs> a 6 15 6 15 kickoff on espn we're looking at the new orleans saints taking on your Panthers, and I believe the Panthers, I think they're home dogs here, aren't they? Yeah, they're three-point underdogs. They are. Uh, and it's really hard to gauge, Andy, where this team is right now, especially with the new incoming quarterback. Uh, J.C. Horn expected to miss a couple uh, multiple weeks at that cornerback position for the Panthers. Supposed to be a real key to the defense. So it's really tough to, to gauge where they are right now. Uh, had some bad turnovers this past weekend against the Falcons. That stuff's oh. going to happen. Uh, you know, Cam Newton came in to the you know Carolina Panthers situation just like this through nine interceptions in his first three games and turned out to be probably the best player in uh, franchise history so uh, it's hard to gauge right now where they are the, the defense is stout like I said they're banged up a little bit at the cornerback position right now the thing I like about New Orleans they squeaked out with a win uh, you know th this past weekend uh, in in it really feels like that defense is really stout, Andy. Probably one of the better defenses in the National Football League. And we've always said it on this program that we really like Derek Carr. He's kind of a gamer. 
And uh, I really like where he landed in New Orleans. I don't like it as a Panthers fan, but I like it in just general that it's a team that has a good defense and was willing to take a shot on him. Well, a couple of things can happen for you here, Gibran. Yes, you're a big fan of Derek Carr, and I am as well, but Carolina is your team. Carolina covers at home. For the last five games, they have covered. So, you know, maybe they will pull out the victory, but they can still help you as far as your wallet goes and and cover that three points. Yeah, no doubt that I do believe it's going to be a close game, Andy. I I just think with those playmakers that the Saints have on defense, it's really going to clamp down on Bryce Young. Uh, I think they figured out that, you know, his his safety valve is going to be Adam Thielen. It's going to be Hayden Hurst. So I believe they're going to clamp down on that a little bit. So I'm looking for a little bit more out of Miles Sanders this week from the Panthers to get that run game going and, you know, uh, put uh, Bryce in a little bit easier position to get downfield. So uh, I am looking for that. That being said, I really think New Orleans comes into Carolina and and covers this spread and, and definitely wins. Okay. All right. Well, what about that over-under sitting at a square 40 points and yeah, about half and half the money. So the books got that one right once again. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, Like we said, these two teams aren't going to, you know, light up the scoreboard by any means. So uh, if I had to pick, I would pick the under just because of how good these two defenses are. Uh, Like I said, I don't think the Panthers are going to score a boatload. I think if if the Panthers can get 21 points, that's going to be their best chance to win the game. So it's going to be right around there, but I would lean for the under, Andy, especially with uh, the way that these two teams struggled in week one. Yeah, that that all makes sense. All right, all right. Should we move on to the nightcap Monday night? Let's do it. Another division rival. Oh, here we go. The high-flying Cleveland Browns taking on the lowly Steelers. Another thing that's just kind of shocking. Pittsburgh is a home dog to the Cleveland Browns. It's only two points. But you don't see Pittsburgh being a home dog to somebody like the Cleveland Browns. I don't care what year it is. Uh, and over-under yeah. is also pretty low at 39 and a half, not even hitting that 40-point mark. Yeah, I mean, this line flipped from the Steelers being a one-point favorite, like you said, to you know being a two-point dog right now, or two-and-a-half points is yeah. what I see it at some places. Um, I think it's a kind of a knee-jerk reaction of them playing probably the best team in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers right now, I believe. Uh, I think it's a knee-jerk reaction of getting stomped by them, but I believe almost every team that comes up against the 49ers this year is going to handle it like that, especially with that defense, man. Uh, I watched that whole entire game, and Kenny Pickett just couldn't get anything going against (laughs) the likes of Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. Bosa just got paid. Exactly, Andy. And it's it. I do think it's a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Obviously, this is going to be a close game. The spread still says that it's going to be. But the really thing that I think is the X factor of this, Deshaun Watson is back for a full season. It seems like he's got his legs under him, Andy. And he's always been a playmaker. I know, All joking aside, everybody, you know, throwing shade at him and everything, kid's a hell of a football player. You saw that down in Houston, putting some really big stats together. So I really like this team in Cleveland, the way that they kind of built it around him with Nick Chubb, David Njuku, uh, and Amari Cooper. So I really like this offense, and I, and I do see them coming in to Pittsburgh and winning this game. So I really like uh, the Browns, two and a half, two, give it to me. Yeah, Watson is the real deal. You, you can't deny the guy. He's, he wins wherever he's at, college, pros. 
uh, the, for the Texans, he was winning games for Houston. And now yeah. he's at Cleveland. It looks like he's getting his feet under him. And he's going to be the good old Deshaun Watson that we know. I think this might actually turn into a little bit of a shootout. I like yeah. it. Uh, I really like – there's the horn, so for against it. But real quick, I really like, as you mentioned, Chubb and Deshaun Watson getting into a rhythm here. But I think Kenny Pickett, we saw enough from him last year. He's going to pick it up uh, against Cleveland here in week two, maybe find some rhythm. And the over has gone, has smacked four of the last times these two teams have played each other. So it's not uncommon for these two teams to kind of trade touchdowns back and forth, especially in the second half. That's what I'm looking at. The over-under is not even at 40 yet. Give it to me. I'm smacking that over. Yeah, I do. I do think it's a knee-jerk reaction of them not scoring on the San Francisco 49ers. I do believe they have pieces to be able to score. Najee Harris, George Pickens, I like the over as well, Andy. Put me on the Browns. Put me on the over. There we go. I'm in agreement with you on this one. Let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Stock and Rod Company, an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure. Whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. Visit StockAndRod.com to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Glass, and joined by... Jabron. Oh, 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 the Parlay Pounder. You got it. You got it. You know we got to finish strong here. This is the fourth and final segment. So we're going to go over some hits and misses. We're going to talk college football, but we're going to leave enough time for the Parlay Pounder to give the people a parlay play. Got to get back on the train. Got to hit that parlay for the weekend. We got some good stuff for you. There we go. Well, let's start off with an SEC matchup, Tennessee versus Florida. That is a 6 o'clock kickoff on ESPN, and it looks to me like the Tennessee Volunteers are a seven-point favorite across the books. Yeah, Andy, and this is kind of a weird game right here because I do believe Florida is a better football team than people are giving them credit for right now. Uh, the Utah Utes came in and kind of, you know, smacked them around a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's kind of what I was saying with the LSU Tigers uh, playing Florida State the first week. It, it, you get that first matchup week one against another ranked opponent or a ranked opponent uh, it, you, you, these teams are used to having that cupcake game. Even Nebraska for all those years was used to, you know, playing McNeese state or, you know, uh, Georgia Southern or something like that, South Alabama, and really, you know, getting the kinks figured out, getting all the plays that they want figured out uh, snaps, you know, audibles, all that kind of stuff. So I really do believe Florida is, you know, kind of a victim to this. And that's why this spread looks this way. I do believe that they are just as good as team as Tennessee right now. So I am on Florida in the swamp to cover in this one. You like Florida and you're going against the grain here because the majority of the money is coming in on Tennessee. But I'll tell you what, Florida has won the last nine games against Tennessee at home. So that's a little fuel for your fire. And they don't even need to win. They just need to not lose by a touchdown or more here. Yeah, no, I really think this comes down to a field goal. Andy, at the end of the game, how most of these SEC things do. Uh, I just really think that the Gators defense is 
really good. The secondary is good enough to make plays against Tennessee's offense, but the run defense is certainly good enough. Uh, they held Utah to just three and a half uh, yards uh, rushing last week, and uh, Florida needs to be more consistent on third down on the offensive side of the ball, which I think, you know, in this third game, we'll get that going. Uh, I believe their run game is going to be good. So I, I really believe they drag this one out uh, and maybe win this game at home. So maybe in a little bit of an upset alert. A little bit of an upset to start this off. Hey, that totals at 59 and almost all of the money, the public, the sharps, the squares, everybody's betting that under. Yeah, I, I do believe that's correct, Andy. Uh, like I said, I do believe the Gators probably try and slow this game down. Their defense is definitely going to try and slow Tennessee down. Uh, so I do like the under in this game. Uh, I just I just think they're overhyping Tennessee right now with how much points they can score. I, I, they only put 30 on Austin P. and uh, I, I, this is a lot better defense than that. So uh, I, I got the under in this game. I just got to work it in there. Jabron, you ignorant schmuck. I'm there going to see on the road. They're going to break the habit here of losing to the Gators in Gainesville, the swamp. The swamp isn't what it used to be. Give me the volunteers. And also, we got to have a little fun, a little back and forth here on the For pro. sure. For sure. I, I got Gator orange. You got Tennessee orange. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, they're both orange, so there's some semblance there. Let's talk about another team that we are well aware of as Nebraska fans. Uh, that is the Colorado Buffaloes, heavy favorites over Colorado State. Kind of a rivalry game, an in-state game. That's going to be a 9 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. ESPN, ABC Sports, they can't get enough of the Colorado Buffaloes right now. They want them more, so they're going to push back that kickoff to, I guess you could call it primetime, uh, 9 yeah. p.m. Central Standard. Oh, and Primetime, uh, primetime. Every week now it's going to be primetime. They're going to be on ESPN. They're going to be on Fox. They're going to be on ABC. It's just what it is until somebody smacks them in the mouth, which I don't think is going to happen until later in the season. Uh, like you said, 23-point favorite here, Andy, over an in-state rival. Uh, I do believe this is inflated probably just a little bit, but that doesn't mean that this can't happen. The only thing that I know for sure that's going to happen is this over at 59 points. They are going to score and score and score some more. Both teams, this 59 is not going to hang out there very long, Andy. Uh, it's going to be well over 60 by Saturday. So if you want to get on this over with me, get it at 59 where it's at right now because it's going to be up probably to 63 points by the weekend here. I think that's a best bet as well. This line opened up at 19 and a half. I'm already seeing it at 23 and a half, and that's with – 94 95 percent of the money coming in on colorado so that number is just going to keep climbing it's going to get goofy and when colorado state's at their best you know traditionally they do have a really good offense so that's why i like i like where you're going with that as far as hitting that over yeah for sure andy and washington state just added 50 points against colorado state so uh i i do believe that Colorado's going to do about the same thing. So the the Rams still scored 24 points on Washington State. So I, I do I, I think this over is free money right here, uh, especially if Washington State can get a few points on Colorado, which we saw that defense. You can score on it. We just didn't. <laughs> so uh, I do believe that you can score on this defense and that over is free money. Now that that spread there, Andy, that 23 points, uh, they're trying to hook people there, you know, putting that a little bit above 
three touchdowns, uh, thinking that people will bite on the Rams. I'm not. I'm not giving into that. I just haven't seen enough out of the Rams enough to think that they can, you know, hold down Sanders enough to uh, keep this close. Excellent point. They're keeping it right off that key number of 24. So everyone's thinking Colorado. The Colorado State should be able to keep it within three touchdowns and a field goal. They probably won't. Hey, let's talk about uh, some hits and misses from last yeah. week. Uh, right off the bat, uh, a hit that I was very proud of. That was, and it wasn't a trendy pick. It was the Jets at home on Monday night to uh, cover and beat the Buffalo Bills, and they did just that in a crazy, wild game. Aaron Rodgers goes down, what, four plays into the game. Uh, You had Allen, Josh Allen doing zany things, turning the ball over like crazy, and then a walk-off, a walk-off punt return to end it in overtime. Yeah, Andy, that was, uh, I mean, that that was the Jets' Super Bowl right there. It was just everything (laughs) that could happen did happen for him. I feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers not being able to, uh, you know, show his worth there at New York this year. But I do believe the Jets have a tough road ahead of them. But that was pretty cool for them to uh, cover and win with that walk-off punt return. Now, a miss for me was the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and we're about to talk about them. I didn't think they would win the game, but I thought they could cover what it got up to like three, three and a half there towards kickoff. Uh, and they might have been able to do it, but turnovers are a killer, and that seems to be the thing that Nebraska is the best at right now, and that's turning the ball over. Interceptions, fumbles, it doesn't matter. They're going to give it to the other team. Yeah, for sure, Andy, and obviously I was kind of down in the dumps about the Huskers last weekend, so I I was on Colorado. I told people to bet it up as far as they could, you know, take the alternate spread because uh, it, I've just seen this movie too many times with the turnovers and we, we, our defense played so well, Andy, for yeah. as long as they could, we kept them on, uh, we kept, uh, Sanders at bay as long as we could. And it, it, you know, if we keep giving the ball inside our 25 yard line, it, they're going to score. So, uh, that was one of my hits, one of my misses, a uh, big UFC event over the last weekend. Uh, you know me, I'm always on style bender, but I've always been a huge Sean Strickland fan, so I was kind of torn there. It was very cool to see probably the biggest upset, definitely in middleweight history, yeah. uh, but definitely in UFC history with Izzy losing to Sean Strickland for uh, for the belt. So that was a lot of fun to see, but uh, a lot of people had money on Izzy to knock him out. I'll tell you what, Tarzan uh, took it to him, man. He got, he got in his grill and did what he said he was going to do. Uh, your yep. boy Strickland, and if people watched our our YouTube channel, we did an extra segment last week. They'd have been all yeah. over that. Uh, you know what it reminded me of was a Rocky movie when he fought the Russian. Was that Rocky yeah. Four? Because yeah. for all intents and purposes, Australia is Izzy home state, or you know, home yeah, no doubt. And they by built the, the whole card around him. Yeah, yeah. And then then Sean Strickland had the crowd cheering for him. He was wearing the Aussie hat. You know, like I think he even picked up an accent down there. Yeah, no, he's he's playing a little crocodile Dundee down there, uh, picking up the hat and picking up the accent. And yeah, no, it was. He's such a far underdog there that it, it was so fun to see, even though we lost yeah. some coin on it. All right, well, we got a couple of minutes to work with here, and we got a couple of things yeah. to work in. Real quick, we got the Huskies versus the Huskers. This is Nebraska's home opener. With Matt Rule, the point spread sitting at minus 11. Can Nebraska win by 11 points? I'm asking, can Nebraska win? 
Well, it's that time of the week, Andy, when the Nebraska football fans start regaining their optimism about the Huskers. Last week was brutal. We all talked about it. Colorado, all that stuff's behind us. Standing in the way is this Northern Illinois team, which I am having a real hard time putting my thumb on them. Week one, they come out, beat a Power 5 school in Boston College in overtime. But then they come out at home last week and lose to an FCS school, Southern Illinois. So I just really don't see what this football team is. Former Michigan State uh, quarterback Rocky Lombardi is their starter. He's kind of banged up, so they don't really know about that. I do believe we should beat the wheels off this team, Andy. And I believe this 11-point spread here is – I think it's it's good. I really do think it's good. I think we put 40 points on these guys. We start running the football. Sims doesn't put it in the air as much until we get up with a lead. Uh, Sims is going to have over 200 yards rushing in this game if he plays. How embarrassing was it to hear Joel Klatt say on a live broadcast, I think Nebraska needs to go under center because I don't know if their quarterback can uh, receive a ball and shotgun without fumbling it. Like he said that, that on a live broadcast with everybody. Yeah. Well, it was one of the most, uh, it was the most watched game last week and it was a top 10 um, uh, ever game on FS1 as far yeah. as 12 games go. Just unbelievable. And that's where we're at. And this game's going to be on FS1 in primetime once again. <laughs> Give me the Huskies to cover. And okay. Until I see it, I am not going to believe it. Uh, and until Sims can show me that he fumble, interception, I, he's going to figure out a way to turn it over and keep the Huskies in it and keep them going. And also NIU, they have the confidence. They know they can beat a Power 5 team, and they also know they can slip up. So they'll be on edge. I think they'll be ready to play. I think Nebraska is trying to figure out who they are. I don't even know what they are, um, especially after hearing the whole offseason of, now this guy, we're brushing up his turnover problem. <laughs> no, he's, he's leaning right into it in a big way. I got you. All righty. Hey, Mr. Parlay Pounder, do you have yeah. a parlay play for the people? Yes, I do. I got a three-teamer. Going to do it real quick here, Andy. I got the Chiefs money line at minus 160. I got the Kansas State money line at minus 195. And then I got that Browns-Steelers over at a minus 110, over 39 points. Putting all those together, 25 bucks on it to win 100. I like it. I like it when you're looking at that 25 to win 100, and it's only a three-teamer. Yep, only a three-teamer. Three things that really should happen this weekend. Chiefs, Kansas State, Brown Steelers over. Uh, yeah, Kansas State or Kansas City. They're not losing two weeks in a row. They can't do yeah. it. They can't do it. They're the world champs. Well, that about do it for us this week, folks. Thank you for following us on ESPN Tri-City Radio on their Facebook uh, page. Also, our Twitter handle. That's starting to grow. Thanks for all the interactions there. It's always fun to hear from you guys. And then the over 2,000, 2.1 thousand subscribers we got on our YouTube channel. Thank you to everyone that subscribes. Or even just watches the shorts there. That's a lot yeah. of fun for us to produce. Love it. For Jabron, the par, lay, pounder, I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.